we can choose to obey God, have compassion for the people who have hurt us, and choose joy in our circumstances and stop the cycle. What would it be like if you turned around and you looked at them and said, you crushed me, but I forgive you. Hey friend, you're listening to Wandering Wild. We hope this podcast is an honest and encouraging resource in your walk with the Lord. Join us as we have real conversations about our time spent in His presence. Welcome to the wilderness. Welcome back to the Wandering Wild podcast. I am your host, Amelia Zobris, and I am so excited that we get the honor of hosting honest conversations with women all about experiencing the presence of God in our everyday life. And today's guest is no exception. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Corey Easley. She is awesome. And I can't wait to just explore the topic of forgiveness with her today. She is just a wise soul and very down to earth and someone that honestly has pulled me out of a lot of ruts in the last 12 months. So Welcome to the podcast, Corey. Tell our listeners about yourself. Well, I reside in the fine metropolis of Morton, Illinois, and I've been married for almost 19 years. Got three kids, one that's taller than me, one that shares the same shoes as me, <laughs> and one that's still shorter than me. So like, I still got one little you one. still got one. This last year was my first year sending some of my kids to public school. So that was really exciting. I've been a homeschooler for the majority of my motherhood. And I'm just really excited to have some transitions happening and still have one at home. And that's been my primary job this year. Um, also have a, a little job at the Golden Finch Boutique up in yeah. uh, Washington, Illinois that I really enjoy. And helps me to sort of be able to refocus when I come home, I get that little time away and I can yeah. uh, appreciate being at home a little bit more. So, yeah. I love that. So this is a totally unprompted question. <laughs> what was kind of the driving decision behind school for your kids this year? And how would you encourage moms to kind of give themselves mm. the grace to make a decision like that? Yeah, it was a really difficult but necessary decision, I think. We, my husband Justin and I, have always said that we would take each homeschool year by year and kid by kid and just sort of evaluate at the end of each year. And my oldest was going into high school this year and expressed his desire to be in school. And we talked a lot about the pros and cons with him and came to the decision that it would be a good fit for him. And for my daughter, she was starting out seventh grade this year. And man, she is a social being. And <laughs> I just, the last year with COVID, I could just see her little social heart shriveling into pieces. And I just knew that what I could give her at home wasn't really what she needed. Like I give her lots of good stuff, but what this child needed was humans, you know, like lots yes. and lots of humans. And so I think that just 
evaluating what each of them needed. And my youngest still needed to be at home. And it was tempting to be like, ah, I could send all of them to school, but it was still important for him to be home this year. So, yeah. I mean, my kids are not older like yours, but we tried our hand at homeschooling for literally a hot minute. (laughs) We started out the fall season just planning to homeschool and bought all the curriculum. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And then one thing after another, and I realized, retreat. <laughs> I have too many yeah, children. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. And you have to just give yourself loads and loads of grace and give your kids loads of grace. Yes. And sometimes that grace is not there, you know? <laughs> sometimes it ain't present. Yes. Yeah. We quickly realized that our kids are so <laughs> close in age and so little. Yeah. A couple of them were in the same grade per se they were on total opposite ends of it one had Mm. been in it before and at a preschool and knew some background and the other one was coming in with no knowledge of letters or (laughs) anything and so teaching them the same curriculum was just chaos utter chaos because it was like totally hard gotta give you the scissors but gotta watch this one with the scissors (laughs) it's just like (laughs) yeah which Interestingly enough, this ties perfectly into what we're talking about today, because as a homeschool mom, I mean, as just a mom in general, like the amount of forgiveness that I've had to ask for from my kids is insane. Like the grouch that would come out day after day of just being in close quarters with people because I'm an introvert by nature. Like I like quiet. I like peace. I like to read and nobody talk around me. And that has just not been my reality for the last yeah. 11 years. And so forgiveness was something I needed a daily dose of, uh, hourly dose. More yes. Accurately. Something else I also realized was I had to be willing to forgive myself when we decided to make that transition. Because, I mean, every time I would open the craft closet that was right off of our dining room and would see all the homeschool curriculum, like my stomach would just drop. I'd be like, I failed, I failed. Mm -hmm. And being able to forgive myself for making that decision and needing to make that decision. And that was kind of what it was for us was I finally realized the only person that I'm doing this for is myself. Mm. And that's not a good place to be either. Yeah. Forgiveness is our topic today, and we have experienced the need for forgiveness and the need to forgive Mm. in so many different ways. And this idea that I keep exploring just even in my own quiet time and in my personal life is just, why do we think that forgiveness has to be a feeling? Like, Mm. why is that what comes most natural to us, that forgiveness is a feeling and I should be able to feel like I forgave or am forgiven. Yeah. Forgiveness is straight up a commandment in the word. It's not a question on if you feel it or not. I think it's uh, Colossians 3, 12 and 13, you know, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must 
forgive. It does not say like, um, if you feel good feelings towards someone, then then you should forgive. Yeah, it is a command. That is such a good point. I think a lot I've been comparing forgiveness to love because Mm. we live in a culture that expresses love as a feeling when we know that love is a a decision to put effort Mm. into something and and a commitment. And I think that forgiveness falls a lot closer to that category of making a conscious decision to do the hard work of forgiveness when someone's hurt you. I feel like forgiveness is a hard thing to wrap your mind around because your flesh wants to hold on to the hurt and to simmer in that and and to be moody about it and ultimately to take revenge. Like forgiveness is not something that is second nature to us. Mm. Um, It's something that we have to think consciously about and make a habit. It's taking something that's difficult and almost impossible at times and turning it into a work of God, basically, you know, like Mm -hmm. letting him work that in you, that forgiveness in you and giving him control of that hurt where we just want to like hold it to ourselves, but releasing it to him. And that's where the peace comes in. But I think that, you know, to your question, what have I learned is just that it's a daily decision to live in a state of peace, right? Mm -hmm. To receive the joy that God has for me and being super aware and super conscious of when you start to fall into those those little lies that the enemy hits you with that makes you want to harbor bitterness or being aware of how God deals with us in a forgiving way and how that should breed some level of compassion in our hearts for those who have hurt us and being able to forgive in that compassion. There are very few things as painful as someone pointing out to you that your sin against God is so much more than that person's sin against you. Because you don't want to feel that. You don't want to feel like, man, I'm worse. <laughs> because <laughs> right. because the hurt was done to you. It's like, but this person should have known better. Or I think you hit it right on the head when you said that it's something that the Spirit does in us. I don't think that we realize that Forgiveness is truly a work of the spirit in us and nothing that we can muscle, like we can accept forgiveness Mm -hmm. and we can make the decision to do the hard work of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But the final forgiveness is the Lord's and is the spirit's work inside of us. And two, I think it's important to note like that when it comes to forgiveness, not only is it a commandment and and obedience to God, but it's also a process. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness isn't something that just happens overnight. Right. I have been reading several books this year on forgiveness. I can maybe we can put these books in the notes, but Lisa Turkhurst's Forgiving What You Can't Forget and Unpacking Forgiveness by Chris Bronze. And both of them have so many amazing things to say about 
the topic of forgiveness. And I think that one of the things that they both hit on the head is that forgiveness is a process. You're hurt by somebody and you have to make the decision to forgive. That doesn't keep the consequences of their sin hitting you over and over. And when those consequences hit, that wave, you know, that that comes over you from being in this sinful and broken world it's it's a, a daily recognition of continual forgiveness and giving yeah. yourself grace in that too that it's not going to be like oh i forgive you everything is good now like we'll just move on cuz that's right. not what forgiveness is all about you know there has to be repentance involved before there can be reconciliation and God exemplifies that so well in so many places in the Bible. Yeah. This topic is such a, it's such a hard topic to have conversations about because we feel the weight of it. I mean, I think we all can think back to a time that someone's hurt us mm-hmm. and we have had to forgive someone. Yet when we talk about it, but like you were saying earlier, it is nearly impossible for us to fully wrap our mind around it. And I think that in and of itself tells us how much of the Lord forgiveness really is. I think it was a Tim Keller sermon that I listened to not long ago, but um, he was talking about how we don't even know, nobody knows us, right? Like I can't know Amelia, even if you sat and told me your whole life story, I can't really know you. And in reality, can Amelia really know Amelia to the core? Like, You don't even know yourself as well as God knows you, right? He knows you from a million, bajillion, quadrillion eternity years ago to forever. And, And because of that, he knows what you need, when you need it. And he gives us that capacity through the Holy Spirit to not only accept forgiveness, from him to receive the forgiveness, to accept forgiveness from others, but to forgive. And without that spirit working in our hearts, without us continually seeking him and Mm -hmm. making it priority, it's going to turn into a little seed of bitterness that's done going to grow in your heart. Yes. And at this point, it's probably a cliche Christianese thing to say, but truly when we are sitting in unforgiveness or the decision to not forgive someone, we are expecting to drink the bitter cup of poison and the other person to drop dead. When we choose that, it's a perpetual cycle of hurt. So hurting people hurt others. And so Mm -hmm. if we choose to hold on to unforgiveness, it's just continuing the cycle of hurt because when, when I'm hurting, guess who else is hurting around me? My husband, my kids, probably mm-hmm. my mom. Cause I called her and talked to her on the phone. Like all of the people can feel my hurt and then internalize mm-hmm. the hurt. And then they go out and they hurt other people all because of my hurt. Yes. But we can choose to obey God and and forgive the people, have compassion for the people who have hurt us, and choose joy in our circumstances and and stop the cycle. What would it be like 
if someone just like totally hurt you, like just messed with your emotions so deep and you turned around and you looked at them and said, man, you crushed me, but I forgive you. Like, let's walk through this. Let's talk about it. Let's have a, um, a, a conversation that can lead to reconciliation. And that is, that is a spirit at work. And that's what brings God glory when he can see and hear you trying to make a difference. Yeah. I think what my natural instinct with forgiveness is to do is someone hurt me. And so I got to speed dial my bestie (laughs) and tell her all about it because she has, Mm. someone has to bear witness to the fact that I'm hurt. Mm. And when it comes to like extreme offenses, one of the hardest things about it is that it's so isolating because you want someone to know, man, Mm. this person hurt me. Mm. You want someone to witness it. But the, the problem is, that we do come at forgiveness as a feeling. And feelings are just too weak of a platform to bear the weight of offenses. Feelings are just too weak. Lisa Turkhurst said in her book, uh, hurt feelings sometimes don't mm. cooperate with holy instructions. And I would say that's like a 99% of the time yes. situation. Like when you're hurt, you don't want to do the, the, the things that we're called to do to honor God. But instead, we do the opposite because of our feelings. They do yes. betray us. They they betray how we walk in the spirit. They want us to follow our flesh. And, and the thing is, is that we have somebody with us all of the time that can hear our problems. He knows. He knows. And he comforts us. God is the God of yeah. comfort, and He is always there bringing it to us. There is nothing that happens on this earth that He has not mm-hmm. seen. He's not surprised by any of it. And, and so instead of walking off to our gal pal, um, what we really need to do is drop on our knees when we've been hurt yeah. and pray our guts out and just talk to God about it, man, because those hurt feelings... Mm, they never bring anything good. Mm-mm. They don't. This isn't to say that we shouldn't share hard things. Like we should be vulnerable with the people closest to us. Yeah. But what is our motivation behind going to them? Mm-hmm. Is it to feel justified? Is it for someone to see our hurt when Christ is the one who needs to see our hurt and Christ is the one yeah. who can redeem that hurt? Yeah. Misery loves company, right? Like, yeah, it it does feel a little better when you know somebody, uh, somebody can commiserate with you, or like someone, someone's got your back. All of those things, like hurt feelings, and 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 wanting people on your side, and all of that is normal. Like, man, I would tell you, I am not a master of forgiveness. I have had a lot of forgiving to do in my life. It's not easy for anybody. And it's a continual battle to choose that over the feelings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some ways that you feel like help you in the process of forgiveness in making a decision, a conscious decision that I feel this way, but I instead am going to do the hard work of forgiving and 
ultimately paying the price of the offense because that's what forgiveness requires. Mm. Forgiveness is like a debt inflicted on us that we have to pay. I think that it's important to note, like, I totally agree with what you said. I think it is important to note just because you forgive somebody or that you've been forgiven doesn't mean that there aren't going to be consequences to your, to your sin. Hebrews 12, 10 tells us that discipline is for our good. And, and we have to face those consequences for growing and maturing in the spirit. When it comes to myself, the ways that I can focus on having a forgiving heart and a forgiving attitude is, you know, one, reading the word on a regular basis. Mm. And I think that aligning yourself with Christ really puts his attitude in, in the forefront of your of your mind. And how can I be like him? Um, yeah. Prayer, for sure. The Lord's prayer talks a ton about forgiveness. You know, right at the end, it says, Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So right there in the Bible, he's telling you how to pray, you know, and so praying about it on a regular basis. Then the other things, man, attending church keeping people who know you inside and out and you can be accountable to them and and just practicing, like practicing the process of forgiveness makes it easier and easier each time. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that it's a, it's a recipe for, it's a miraculous recipe that you're always <laughs> going to easily forgive somebody because there are times where it's super hard, but practicing it over and over does seem to make it a little bit easier, I think. I love that. And I especially love the church thing because, you know, when we say attend church and surround yourself with people who are going to keep you accountable, I think there's a lot of people out there who have been hurt by the church mm-hmm. and have to forgive the church in some regards. But when you're surrounding yourself with people that have character and integrity and are willing to go deep with you mm-hmm. and call you out when you're not being forgiving. And that's part of forgiveness as well is not being quite as offendable and being able to go deep with people. The grace factor, the more you forgive and the more you need to be forgiven, like the grace factor just goes up and up and up and up and up where you're like, man, I am the worst of the worst. And I know I need forgiveness all of the time. And that that proclamation or that awareness makes you so much more compassionate and empathetic to other people who also need forgiveness because we're all just like fleshly little humans rolling around trying our best to glorify God and, and just being in a community that, that can walk alongside you and help you with that. And you can help them it's a circle of trust and um, it's much better than a circle of, of hurt, you know, where you yes. can um, rely on people to hold you accountable. And another thing mm-hmm. I will say, counselors, I'm going to yes. tell you what up. I think people think that people who have counselors are crazy town. <laughs> they help you. 
they help you to forgive and they help you to process these things. Like, yes, when you are, when you've got some hurts happening from your past, from your present, they just walk it right out with you. And that has been, that's been life-changing in my world. So mine too. I think that what's awesome about counselors is you've basically signed up to have someone go deep with you, (laughs) right? Like you've signed up for someone to be like, you're thinking wrong and they don't. What's crazy is that they, they know that you need to get there and then they ask questions that lead you there. It's like, you're the one doing the work. Like they're like walking you on a leash just to get you, you know, to the, to the place where you're supposed to go. And you're just sort of like, at first, you're being dragged along, like, I don't want right. to answer those questions. I know the <laughs> answers, but I don't want to say them. And yes. then you finally get to the treat at the end of the walk, and you're like, yeah, I, I need well, to say those things. And then you realize they intended for you to go there from the beginning. We could have saved you a e- lot an evil of genius <laughs> if we just cut to the chase, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so... That is such a great point. Counselors are so helpful. And having a designated space Mm -hmm. to process through hurt Mm -hmm. is huge and necessary. And what I have found is in the time that I spent with my counselor last year, I found that I called my besties to unload on them less. Mm. And it was a lot more of an encouragement to them when we did talk because I had already processed through the yuck. Mm -hmm. And then what I was bringing to them was not the exaggerated information, but just the facts and Mm -hmm. the truth of where I was and what I was going through. And it's amazing that there are people in the world that they want to bear the burden with you. Mm, it is indeed. And it's true too that, you know, we have our our friends and our our church community, our accountability partners, and they're there to walk through life with us. But mm. man, sometimes life can be like stupid heavy. And um, it's really hard to uh, ask people to walk some of those paths with you. And So yeah, Yeah. counselors, 100% recommend. So what are some verses that really got you through working through forgiveness in your life? Oh man, there is so many. Uh, I think that like a huge one, like literally a huge passage (laughs) um, (laughs) that is amazing when it comes to forgiveness is basically the entire chapter of Romans 12. I mean, there are some verses Mm. that stick out more than others. Um, I'll just read a a teensy portion for you right now. I love where it says, let love be genuine. Abhor Mm. what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And then another part down the way says, Oof, never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. 
if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Mm. Like, that's huge, because when we get hurt, our immediate feeling is like, oh, I want to make that person pay for what they did to me, or like, they should have to hurt too, right? Like, that's what we want. Our flesh is like, dude, you deserve some rotten stuff right now. Um, But that is not what God calls us to. He calls us to love our enemies. He calls us to, to, if our enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome, but be overcome evil with good. And so Mm. he's leaving out like a recipe, you know, for us to, to follow the way we can align our hearts to him helps us to not seek that vengeance if we're following all of those things so all of romans 12 is just like fire to me but also another big one and this doesn't even have the word forgiveness in it um it has more to do with justice but it's been a huge one for me because again it's like here's your recipe you can do these Mm. things and don't forget this about me but it's psalm 37 three through seven Uh, trust in the Lord and do good, right? Right there. Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. He promises all throughout scripture that he's got our backs. And we want to just take that control to ourselves and say, you don't have my back. I'm the only person who has my back or my friends have my back because that's what we see. But what he's asking us to is to put our faith in him that he sees the big picture. He sees more than us. He sees the complete from beginning to end. And and instead of taking that control for ourselves, we need to, to release it to him. And, um, and in that he is glorified when we can recognize his faithfulness to us, that he will not let our hurt go unchecked. He's gonna, he's gonna provide the justice. Yeah. Something I think I learned last year about that vengeance and, and when we seek that instead of allowing the Lord to have control over it is when we do what we naturally feel of seeking vengeance for a hurt we are no longer blameless Mm. and part of the goodness of who God is in redeeming things is you know look at Jesus he he forgave us this massive amount of debt that we owed and if he had like come on earth and paid us (laughs) what we deserve like we all would have hated him And But instead, he walked this blamelessness out. And when we seek vengeance on someone in our unforgiveness, mm-hmm. all we do is sin. And all we do is make the other person who's offended us feel justified in their actions. Mm-hmm. It's Jonah 4.4. 4. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Like... Mm. Oh, that question is like 
is this serving you well? Is this, is this really where you should be at? You know, Jonah was mad because God forgave the Ninevites and Jonah was like, "Mm, they did not get what they deserved. You, you should not be giving them compassion and grace. And God was like, what is this anger suiting you? Is this really how you should be acting right now? Because I gave grace to somebody and it's that ugliness inside of us. It's that, that ugliness that, that comes out. And I think that that is a question that we need to sit and ask ourselves, like when we're looking ugly, do you do well to be ugly right now? Is this, what purpose is this serving? And if it's not a purpose that glorifies God, that business, you know, needs to be dealt with. And be dealt with before it does hurt someone else. Because Mm -hmm. like you were saying, people who are hurt turn around and reciprocate that. Yes. I think another another verse that um, really reminds me to let the offenses go. And and it's not like they're going unchecked, right? So I want to be clear. It's not like the offenses are just letting go like, oh, you can just walk all over me like a doormat. That's not what I'm talking about, right? right? So there's boundaries in forgiveness too. But when you let go of some of those things, um, like in Hebrews 12, where it talks about running unhindered so that we can run the race that God set out for us. And we don't need all that garbage connected to us, right? We don't need to have that weight of bitterness or unforgiveness on our hearts because it really does affect the way that we can be a light for God, the way that we serve God. It does us a disservice. And and to hold on to those things, it's bad news. Yes, definitely. Mm, Those are such good verses. It's interesting because as I've processed just different ways of forgiveness and just different principles of it. Mm-hmm. I, I realized something. I was reading in Luke and I was reading right before Jesus went to the cross and he's praying. And what he's praying is, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Mm-hmm. And I think all of a sudden I looked at it in different eyes when I was reading this verse because I realized what he was about to do was forgive, Mm. right? He was about to take on the entire weight of humanity's garbage Mm. in forgiveness. And of anyone that is absolutely justified in their unforgiveness, right, Mm -hmm. would have been him. And so what I thought was so beautiful as I was reading this verse was that he went to the Lord and he essentially said, God, I don't feel this. I don't feel like doing this because he was human, but he ends it with, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Let's just throw the situation into our hands and the... Last Supper, what would we have done when Judas was sitting there? I would have been like, get out of here. I know what you're about to do. You can exit. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And he still, uh, he didn't go around to all the other disciples and be like, Judas is going to do this really awful thing to me. Y'all need to be on my side. Right? He didn't like feelings explode all over them. He served them and he washed their feet. And he loved them. And then even in the garden when he's when he knows what's coming, 
And he's talking with the Lord and he says, remove this from me. I don't feel it, but not my will, but yours be done. And he did it anyway. And that was such a sobering thought to me of like, my debt really is bigger than the debt of the offenses that have been inflicted on me. That is so true. And I will say that I have never thought of it that way, but like, I think that's a great revelation spot on right there. And God tells us time and time again in the word that there is no greater example that we can follow than that of Jesus. And he Mm, time and time again puts the whole world before himself when it comes to comfort, when it comes to uh, everything. He gave himself up. He sacrificed himself so that we could be forgiven and live in freedom for eternity. And, And what his focus was on was not the here and now. It was not the suffering that he was going through. It was the end game. It was eternity Mm. for for all of his brothers and sisters that they could be saved and live with him. And, And our eyes get so caught up in where we are, in our hurt, in our current, in our now, Instead of the future, we have so many years of glory ahead of us, like forever. And we're so caught up in what's happening now and forgiveness and compassion and grace that you can extend to somebody else is just a glimpse of, of the beauty that's going to happen in eternity. Right. It's just like a tiny little speck of what, we can what we're going to experience in in glory. I think there are so many scriptures that feel really abrasive to us about forgiveness. Like mm. Matthew six fourteen says, "For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." Mm. And many verses in scripture say, "Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgive, and you will be forgiven." Your forgiveness depends on your ability to forgive others. And that feels so uncomfortable to us, right? It feels Mm -hmm. unnatural. It feels not fair. But I had this revelation. I was, you know how the Lord will speak to you like in the middle of your kitchen (laughs) or like when you're showering and you're like, not now. Not expecting that. (laughs) But I... I was standing and just washing my dishes, minding my own beeswax, and I was really just conversing with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about heaven and glory and how He's preparing a place for us. And out of nowhere, I just, it was like the Holy Spirit just triggered this sin to come out of my heart. And I, Mm -hmm. I thought of someone who had deeply offended me, and I just thought to myself, God, I can't go there if that person's going to be there. <laughs> okay, how prideful, right? Yeah. But I was I was convinced. I was like, you would not let someone like her in, right? 
judge me all you want, but you know this is this is what sin is, right? These are mm-hmm. the ugly feelings that we have when sin is in our hearts. And I instantly knew that I was just being fearful and wanting mm-hmm. to hold on to my unforgiveness. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of stopped talking to him and just kind of moved on because I was like, let's not deal with that right now. I'm going to go sweep the floor instead. <laughs> but after... After a while, there's just this gnawing of the spirit. And Mm. I just felt so clearly that he said, you know, the only person that stays out of heaven is you when Mm. you have that attitude. Mm -hmm. And I just felt him say, I can't have people walking around with hatred and unforgiveness in my kingdom. And I think that that is why there are so many scriptures that say forget like your forgiveness hinges on your willingness to forgive others because the truth is we can't walk around in glory with hatred towards one another that would be too much like earth <laughs> yeah that would be not not the way it's supposed to be i think that you know one of the characteristics that definitely and um, distinguishes a forgiver if you will um, mm-hmm. is humility And there are so many proverbs that talk about humility and how that's a, that's a treasured quality. And Jesus perfectly exemplified humility. And, and there's one Isaiah 66 two. This is the one whom I will look to he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at Mm -hmm. my word. And if you read that, you know, it's a commandment to forgive you done better tremble at that word, right? Like that's, that's, it's not playing around. And also knowing that he's, he's the one on the throne and not us. Like that's what humility is, right? Having a right recognition of where we are in relation to him. Yeah, absolutely. There's a Psalm, Psalm 86, five that says, for you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. And I think that a really big aspect of forgiveness is the fact that we we do need to call on the Lord mm. to help us in that. Can you give me a few examples of just ways that you've experienced your need to forgive others and and ask for forgiveness and what that's looked like in your life? I think that something that's interesting about forgiveness is that the way we view forgiveness, if we're not careful, it can go back so far to like our perceptions that we've gotten from our childhood. Right. And so Mm. for me, my childhood was bonkers. My parents were super unstable and um, we've talked all, so they don't, I'm sure they don't care if I'm talking about this, but um, (laughs) they were just in a place where they weren't able to be the parents that they needed to be for me. So at a super young age, like I think I was in third grade, I can remember a specific night where they had this huge, like crazy thing and my mom got arrested and my dad was crying on the couch. And Mm. I can remember that night and just thinking like, I just called the cops on my parents. Like now I'm an adult. Like now I can't depend on anybody except for myself. And those experiences like that as a child really shape the way you view the world and the way you view forgiveness. 
Now, you know, shortly after that, my dad left and that was really hard as a kid to not hold on to that, that bitterness of why aren't you here for me? Why aren't you um, supporting me in the way you're supposed to be? And am I not important to you? And as a young adult working through those things to realize that, dude, my parents also had crazy childhoods, right? Like they didn't come from super great homes. And so the hurt that they had growing up was hurt that was coming out as adults and their hurt hurt each other and hurt me. And as an adult now, looking back on the whole situation with them growing up, I'm able to talk to them about what happened, how it affected me, how it impacted me, how I processed these things and have come to a place now of forgiveness, right? Like it wasn't an overnight, yep, forgive you guys for those 18 years of chaos. You know, it was, (laughs) it was, I've thought this through, this is how this has impacted me. I've written these 4 million words about how I feel about it. And now I've come to a place that God has instructed me to forgive and I'm going to let it go. And when you forgive and let something go, you don't talk about it anymore, right? Unless it's like, unless it's something that's helpful to process something else down the road. You don't keep bringing it up once you've forgiven somebody and somebody has been repentant. That's a big one. And I, I think that I didn't really realize how those things impacted me until the last couple of years or so after meeting with my counselor. Yes, I can plug. Um, (laughs) But just processing through those things and, and realizing that how I grew up has given me sort of instructions on how I deal with. Now, you know, when you grow up and there's a situation, like let's say you're fighting with your sister. You have a sister, right? Yeah, I have two. So let's say you're fighting with your sister and your parents are like, Amelia, you need to ask for forgiveness from your sister. And you're like, sister, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And your sister's like, yeah, sure. I forgive you. Like that's the view that a lot of us have of forgiveness, right? Right. Because that's, that's like how we were taught. That's the process. Like, yeah, I forgive you for this. Okay. I forgive you. Let's move on. Where in reality, like it's not, things are not that cut and dry, you know, it's, it's so much more of a process as an adult to go through those things and deal with them. And your perspective is totally skewed as you grow up. And so as an adult, sort of bringing that perspective back, God's perspective, God's word, and inserting what he has to say about forgiveness into our lives instead of being informed by our past. Yeah. Another important thing that I thought of while you were talking is the need for boundaries when forgiveness has happened, right? Because I think that sometimes when we're when we're dealing with family stuff or things that are just longer time periods of things that we have to forgive, making that decision to have a marked forgiveness for someone, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we go back to normal. Right. You know, not talking about it doesn't mean we don't put up boundaries. And having healthy boundaries is appropriate and necessary after forgiveness. Right. Especially if you're dealing with somebody who is not repentant, right? So when you have been hurt and the person who has offended you 
has has not repented ooh that makes forgiveness extra tricky right but like right. you can still forgive them but create a boundary with that person so maybe that boundary is like uh, i can't be your friend or maybe that boundary is like i can't follow you on social media or um, right. There's so many different boundaries, even if you haven't verbalized it to somebody that you've forgiven them, if it's just been like a thought in your brain, it doesn't mean that like, again, all those consequences are gone. And that's where the boundaries come in. You know, that's, that's part of, of the dealing with the sin that's happened. Yes, absolutely. And part of not allowing yourself to be walked all over, right? Like we said earlier, forgiving is not... Okay, not an invitation gonna... to be a doormat, right? It's not. Yes, it's not it is are. not. Mm-mm. And that's where healthy boundaries come in. And I think that the crucial part of those boundaries is our motivations behind them, right? Like, if I'm putting up a boundary because I want to inflict pain on someone, then that's a whole different ball game than if I'm putting up a boundary so that I'm not enabling them to do this hurtful act again. It's putting a stop to whatever hurt you're causing and allowing you to live in a zone of, of peace, right? Yes. So that they're not continuing to hurt you. Putting up a boundary keeps you consistent in a character, you know, in, a, the, in the character that you, you should be having, the character that you should be, that you want to have to glorify God. And yeah. um, without those boundaries, chaos can ensue. That's not how we're called to live. We're called to live in peace. So I think that for sure boundaries in forgiveness are super necessary in some situations. Not with my kids. Right. (laughs) No, you still have to stay in your room. Walk to the bus with your (laughs) sibling. (laughs) That's not a boundary we can put up. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Just briefly give me a couple of ways that forgiveness has changed your life? First of all, let me talk about all the forgiving that people have had to do for me. You know, when we reflect on our own sinful hearts, our own ugliness, our own flesh, and and sometimes we don't even realize what we're doing, you know, like, man, I can think of a situation recently that someone approached me and said, this way you acted really hurt me. And I was like, I had no idea. Like I'm, I feel terrible, you know, but like, I I think that the more that we reflect on our own sinful fleshliness and realize how many times we've been forgiven, not, I mean, by all of the people on earth who we've offended over the many, many years, it makes me feel really thankful for the people that are in my life that can see me for the sinner that I am and Mm -hmm. also see me for the potential that I have to glorify God, that they're willing to give grace to me who I don't deserve that business. Like I don't deserve anybody's good grace. And yet it's extended out of the spirit working in their hearts. And in some cases, you know, even my non-Christian acquaintances and friends and family are some of the most forgiving people I know. And I'm going to choose to believe that that's God working in them. When it comes to forgiving other people, when you're willing to release your control of a situation, holy cow, if anybody has control issues, it's me. (laughs) And so like, 
when you can release that control of a situation to God and just lay it down and say, I'm going to forgive this person and I'm giving it to you to deal with the rest, right? Mm -hmm. That sense of peace and joy that you get is, oh, it feels so like freeing. And that's not to say that tomorrow something isn't going to trigger that need to forgive again, because I think for people who have been deeply hurt, it's constant. Like you get a, a trigger here or a trigger there or, or whatever. And you have to stop when you start feeling those anxious feelings that those, those anxious, repetitive feelings that bring something up and you need to drop to your knees again and say, God, like, I gave this to you. I need to give it to you over again and over again. Yeah. So when you're in the throes of a situation, a real life situation where forgiveness needs to be walked out and that process needs to be started, what are some ways that you intentionally put yourself into the presence of God? Something that really inspires me to consider my heart in forgiveness is worship music. There's been a, a specific song, Take Courage, that it talks about. Take courage, my heart, stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. Mm -hmm. And knowing that forgiveness is a process and there is sometimes there can be immense amounts of waiting as you're walking through forgiveness. Knowing that just taking part in the process, um, making that one next step towards forgiveness is the right direction. Holding fast to the choice for forgiveness that that song has been sort of, it's always going through my head, like he's in the waiting. That's definitely one way, but also through the word. I mean, there are just like unbelievable amounts of verses in the Bible about forgiveness and humility and shedding off sin. And we know that bitterness is is one of the roots of sin. Yeah. If you could just leave our listeners with one word of encouragement when it comes to forgiveness and forgiving those who have hurt us, or even to someone who needs to be forgiven and just doesn't feel forgiven, what would that be? You know, the hope that we have is 100% in Jesus Christ. So often we forget that and we listen to those little lies that Satan has for us, whether we're on the offending side or the person who needs to give forgiveness, we listen to those lies and we hear him saying, it's better to have bitterness or it's better to, to keep hurting people. This is more attractive. Look at this. This is where you want to be. But that is not God's heart for us. The encouragement that I have is just to know that you are a child of God you are a brother or sister in Christ. And what he has for you is not only to receive his forgiveness, but to give forgiveness in turn, to follow his example, to, to be the child of God that you were called to be. And, and watching the world change because of forgiveness you know, mm. that's one of the biggest things that we can do to be a light for God, to be salt in this world. Thank you so much for that. That's so encouraging. 
just to me even, it's so easy to just think internally and not have a perspective outside of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I just appreciate that encouragement so much. Would you just say a prayer over our listeners to end this episode? I would love to. Yes. Dear, gracious, patient, compassionate, heavenly father, we are so thankful for your son and all of the forgiveness we receive every second, every minute, every hour, every day, God. And I just pray that we can cling to your promises, cling to your faithfulness, that if we too can show forgiveness, can extend it despite our feelings, that there will be reward in heaven, that there will be reward here on earth, that we can use forgiveness as a tool to stop the cycle of hurt that continues over and over, God. I just pray that we can all look inside of ourselves and consider the hurt that we've felt throughout our lives and that we can process through those things, God, and and forgive the people who need to be forgiven and also ask for forgiveness where it needs to be asked. God, I pray that we can daily examine our hearts and pray that you would assist and help us in rooting out those moments of ugly bitterness that take hold of our hearts. We just pray that unforgiveness would not plant those seeds, God. Thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the people in your church. Thank you for counselors. Thank you for podcasts and Bible studies, God. And just pray that each day we would be committed to learning more about you, aligning more with your heart, and experiencing the joy and peace that that brings, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being my guest. I've just so enjoyed talking with you and hearing just your wisdom and wisdom that I know comes from experience. And it's been really encouraging. So thank you so much, Corey. Every episode on the Wandering Wild podcast, I get to do a little segment called Where I've Been Wandering, where I get to share with you just a little glimpse into the scripture that I've been studying lately and the ways that I've processed that. So lately, I have been reading in Exodus, and I've been studying how the Israelites were slaves and Moses was called to give powerful signs at the hand of the Lord, along with his brother Aaron. And it's been fascinating to me to just sit and read this story that I know I've studied multiple times, but for some reason this time, it just seems so rich to me. And God's character just stands out so much to me. And one of the really key verses that I've just been processing and just chewing on over and over again is in Exodus chapter 2, verse 25. It says that God saw the people of Israel and God knew. And they were slaves and they were groaning and crying out for help. And God heard their groaning. It says in verse 24, God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
And he saw the people of Israel and he saw the pain that they were going through and he knew. This was such an encouragement to me that sometimes we go through really hard things. When we cry out to the Lord, he sees our pain and he knows. And what I love in this verse is that him knowing wasn't just a knowing of seeing, but he knew. He exists outside of time. He knew exactly how he would redeem Israel, how he would bring them out of slavery and deliver them. He knew the things that he would call them to and the people he would put in place to rescue them from their bondage. And so that knowing is so reassuring to me that I can put my trust in Him and that I can rest assured that He is going to do what He says He's going to do. And He is going to be there to help me when I cry out to Him. And that He ultimately knows. He knows what is good for me. He knows what is best for me. And He knows what I need. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that it's been an encouragement to you in your walk with the Lord and ultimately has encouraged you to just spend time in His presence. I'm so glad you're here. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to catch all of our upcoming episodes. We'll see you next time.